The Jewish Hour is now on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher, smart radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm Herschel Finman. We've got a great show for you today. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Lagboimer is past. Shavuos is coming up. Memorial Day weekend, yes, indeedy. Until then, we've got lots and lots and lots to talk about. In this half hour of the show, we'll be featuring an interview with Ms. Hannah Rosenthal, who's a special envoy to the President of the United States dealing with issues of anti-Semitism. Went off to Malmo, Sweden, and uh, which is a hotbed for anti-Semitism, and uh, seems to have take care of rectified the situation there. We've got wonderful assortment of uh, a cappella music. We're still doing that until Memorial Day. The portion of the week is Bahar Bahukosa. We'll be ending the book of Leviticus this week. Sorry to see you go there, Leviticus. Before we do anything else, oh, we have a, this story. I couldn't believe this story when I saw this one. This is like the weirdest freak-out story I've ever seen at the end of the hour. Stay tuned for that one. But before we get to anything else, let's go right to the news. Sixteen hundred Palestinians held in Israeli jails began a hunger strike on April 17th to demand improved conditions in Israeli custody, and they have now escalated their hunger strike by refusing vitamins and visits to the infirmary. Inmates are demanding an end to solitary confinement and more family visits. They have also challenged Israel's the policy of administrative detention without charge. Palestinian Authority forces launched a large-scale security crackdown in Jenin following the death of Jenin Governor Kadura Musa. Musa died of an apparent heart attack after his house was attacked by gunmen. The suspects have yet to be caught. Israeli security forces fired rubber bullets, tear gas, and stun grenades to break up groups of Palestinian stone throwers on Friday as annual Land Day rallies turned violent. Israelis also used live fire to prevent protesters from nearing the frontier war wall, seriously wounding one man. For the first time, Israel's financial report includes an estimate of Israel's rights for revenue from gas and oil discoveries off the coast of Israel at an estimated $20 billion. That'll definitely help their coffers. The U.S. House of Representatives passed the United States-Israel Enhanced Security Cooperation Act of 2012 by a margin of 411 to 2 with nine abstentions. The two who voted against it were Ron Paul and, of course, Michigan's John Dingell, and John Conyers was one of the nine who abstained. The bill reaffirms Israel's right to defend itself against threats and puts Congress on the record about America's longstanding commitment to the U.S.-Israeli strategic relationship. That was one of those warm, fuzzy bills that the Congress passes every once in a while. 
Professor Bill Riley, former president of the British Veterinarian Association, criticized the unacceptable rise in the number of animals killed in ritual slaughter and demands that animals be stunned first. This is one of those long-standing things in Europe about banning uh, rich, uh, kosher slaughter. Ritual slaughter, which prohibits prior stunning, is lawful in the United Kingdom and the EU in order to satisfy the dire requirements of Jews and Muslims. Less than 5%, this is the whole thing of his rise, less than 5% of food animals are slaughtered kosher in Britain. Man should just shut up. Sherman Cohen of Shechita, UK, said Professor Riley's deeply flawed statements appear to have been based on discredited science, which is true. It's the most humane way to kill an animal is by ritual slaughter. 354,000 visitors visited April uh, visited Israel this April. 19% more than last April. So, so far, more than a million visitors arrived in Israel between January and April this year, a 4% rise over the previous year, which was a record year. So they're going to blow all records out of the water over there visiting Israel. If you haven't visited Israel yet, I strongly suggest it. And finally, Joanna Robinson, an 11-year-old student at a Jewish day school in Maryland, is one of Google's annual Doodle for Google contest finalists. Each year, the technology giant takes submission. This year, they received over 100000 for an original logo design that will appear on their homepage. 250 finalists were selected, and a public vote will take place to select the winner. And that's the news. Do you know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Frutasia. Located on Southfield Road, just south of 13 Mile, Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have on the line Ms. Hannah Rosenthal, who's a special envoy to the President of the United States dealing with issues of anti-Semitism. Welcome back, Ms. Rosenthal. Hi, it's good to be back. It's a pleasure to have you. The uh, We're going to be talking about your most recent junket to Malmo, Sweden. And let me just give you a little background. Malmo actually has somewhat of a place near and dear in my heart as the chief rabbi of Malmo, Rabbi Schnurzelman Kesselman, was one of my first students when I moved to Detroit 25 years ago in fifth grade. Back then, I was actually duped into teaching little kids, and uh, thank God he actually grew up straight despite my being his teacher. So, <laughs> I think you did very well. Thank you. Very well. Let's 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 go back. How let let's hear about um, when I talked to my told people over here. I'm in what why they were bringing you in, and because of the uh, the anti-Semitism of Malmo, Sweden, they kind of looked at me and said. What's a Malmo Sweden? But it's it, it is. I've been reporting it since we, since because of my connection with Rabbi Kesselman there. But we've been reporting it here on the Jewish Hour. Everything, anytime something serious happens over there, give us a little background. What caught your eye that warranted that you spend the time going specifically to Malmo Sweden? Well, I was going to Sweden uh, to Stockholm as well. Um, Sweden is celebrating the 100th birthday of Raoul Wallenberg. Okay. And um, I wanted to be there to, you know, salute Raoul Wallenberg. There are a lot of festivities happening all over the world in his honor. But as the only diplomat during the Holocaust who had the backing of his government, 
um, Raoul Wallenberg is worthy of a trip, and I participated in several panel discussions and um, institute uh, academic programs that they were doing in his honor. But I couldn't be in Mal I couldn't be in Sweden without making sure I went to Malmo to meet with the mayor, because I too have been um, very concerned about some of the language he's been using and some of the reports um, on increases in anti-Semitism. Now let me tell you about your friend Rabbi Kesselman, a dear man with a family. He has filed 50 complaints. That's what I understand. Of harassment, sometimes violence, to the police department, and not one of them has been resolved. He's not reporting them anymore. Um, so obviously that was something I needed to raise with the authorities in Malmo and in Sweden, because if that's any indication of what's happening um, to other Jewish community, other members of the Jewish community, either in Malmo, Stockholm, or around the country, um, that isn't a very good response by the by the country. How big is so, so I'm concerned about Rabbi Kesselman and mm -hmm. the safety of his family. Indeed, and the whole when, community. When, you know, there is a fear that he files complaints and that they can't seem to shield him from the kind of harassment and, um, you know, sometimes they're throwing things at him and his family as they walk to shul. Mm -hmm. How big is Malmo uh, that it attracted your attention? Excuse me? How big is Malmo as, as far as cities go? Is it as big as, say, Cleveland or Hoboken or Oak Park, Michigan? Okay, I don't know those kind of comparisons, but I can tell you it's the third largest city in Sweden. It's a major city. Okay. And if you look at the map, it's 20 miles from Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. It is the entryway for a lot of most trade that's going into Sweden. It's a major city. And it has seen a major change in its economy, as many places in Europe are experiencing. It was heavy manufacturing and, 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 you know, industrial. And it has recently become um, a center for technology and that is a very good thing because it provides hope for new jobs and all. But what is not a good thing is I did meet with the leadership of the Jewish community. I also met with leadership of the Muslim community and the Roma. And they're experiencing um, quite uh, <laughs> troubling increases in incidents against their vulnerable minority. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to work together to to see how can they um, stem this. Oh, so the... Now, why the mayor of Malmo has decided that he personally, as the mayor of the city, wants to um, spend some of his leadership role condemning Jews is a mystery, and that's why I wanted to talk to him. Okay, before you get to the to, had, to your um, before you get to your conversation. Of comments that are very, very uh, troubling. Okay, before you get to his uh, comments, so what you're saying here is is that the source of these anti-Semitic acts, I thought they were coming from uh, Muslims who had moved into, who had immigrated to, to Sweden, but you're saying more it's rather from a xenophobic, sort of like indigenous population from where these acts of anti-Semitism are coming. I can't answer that since the police have not resolved the complaints. Okay. We don't know. 
let's let's discuss then what's the uh, what were some of the, what were the type of statements that the mayor of Malmo was directing against the Jewish community of that city. Well, um, where do I begin? He has been quoted and has not denied saying that um, it's you know if Jews want to stop the anti-Semitism, they need to change what they are doing. Vic, you know, blaming the victim. blame a victim. Yes. Um, they you know. In some cases, they look different than other people, so they're asking for it, or that they're not, this is, you know, this took a large part of our conversation, or that the reason there's anti-Semitism is because the Jews of Malmo will not publicly denounce Israel's policies against the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And he also, um, he apparently had something happen to his home. And when asked why he is singling out Jews, he said, well, the Jews didn't come to my defense when I was facing an issue. Why should I come to theirs? This is the mayor of the city saying, mm -hmm. in our conversation, um, in the conversation, he um, started with me by saying, why are they doing this to me? Why are they picking on me? Now, without... Um, my even asking who they are, he he said, he, he acknowledges using the word the Jewish lobby, and when I explained to him why that's so problematic, he said, well, other people say it. This is not someone who is taking responsibility. This, sounds, this, this person for, sounds like a real bright individual, yes. Well, this is a very popular uh, individual who has been the mayor for 18 years. Um, he has accused Jews of infiltrating trading the anti-immigrant party because they share hatred of Muslims, you know, really absurd things. He's been called out by me. He's been called out by uh, non-governmental organizations. But what I learned when I was in Sweden and when I was briefed before I left, the culture in Sweden is that they don't take each other on by name. They, political parties will differ from each other, and they'll call out parties for their beliefs in certain things, but rarely, if ever, name someone that they're criticizing. So what my other meetings in Sweden uh, consisted of was conversations with ministers, whether it was integration or education, and even in the foreign ministry, um, the, and, and inclusion. Um, that they need to speak out, that the, the perception, if a leader of a city, a leader of any kind, if there are comments that are being made, now if he had said one comment and then said, well, I was misinterpreted by the media. Right, the old taken out of context line, yes. Well, you know, it happens. I can tell you it does happen that people take things out of context or misconstrue something that someone's saying, but they don't do it 16, 17 times. And that when he makes these outrageous statements, um, it's not only hurting the brand of Malmo, but it's hurting the brand of Sweden. And it, you know, it caused Carl Bildt, who's now the foreign minister, who used to be prime minister, to actually write on his very well-read blog, um, calling out the mayor. And mm -hmm. after um, several of our conversations, the people who we met with who shared our concern about what the mayor was saying actually held conferences and called him out. 
so um, I considered that a very good start. Mm-hmm. Um, right after the meeting, the mayor was representing our meeting as um, quite different than the meeting that I had experienced. Um, but I've seen some of the press reports since then, and it, it's true. We had a very open and frank meeting. I did not uh, hold back anything um, when it came to trying to tell him how his words are being heard and what some of the words he is saying, what they mean. And so it was a difficult meeting in that sense. Mm-hmm. I never love going in and wagging a finger, but it was a productive meeting, and the meetings with the other ministers were very productive because they actually acted on it. Okay, let me ask you a question. I'm not sure you, you, I don't think you'd be able to answer this. But this meeting that you held with him, is he, was he feeling like the weight of the entire United States was coming down on Malmo? Or is he just looking at, well, here's this Ms. Hannah Rosenthal, who's this Jewish lady who's like yelling at me? Well, it, you know, wherever I go, I'm introduced as an envoy for the President of the United States. The media in Sweden clearly felt that um, this was a pretty important visit. And um, in their questions to me, um, you know, they were similar to your questions, like what's going on, Um, but if he perceived that it was the weight of the United States government, he should have. Okay. Because I am the envoy. Fair enough. Okay, now, um, it's only been just a couple of weeks, and sure, I'm the... uh results and ramifications might be a little bit too early to to discern at this point. Our guest, by the way, is Hunter Rosenthal, who is a special envoy to the President of the United States in issues of anti-Semitism. Any way of judging the effect of your meeting with the mayor of Malmo, Ms. Rosenthal? Well, I will say that um, I can't say what's in his head or his heart and how he understood the seriousness of his statements and the damage that um, the statements were doing. But I can tell you that the governor of the state Malmozen, the minister of inclusion and integration, the foreign ministry, the minister of education, all stepped forward. I mean, they all made comments um, that, you know, that express the kind of things we'd like to see leadership express when somebody is saying hateful things. So I think that there have been um, statements that had not occurred before, and and Mayor Rapalu has had has been making these statements for several years. So I would say finally, some people are speaking out, and um, I think for a while. He will be hesitant to reaffirm statements he's made in the past. But I can't say how much he understood, how much uh, his, you know, the future statements will be until we see. Right. And if the incidences do indeed cease, for example, which would, be the, ulti- which would be the ultimate goal. Correct. Well, that's really wonderful. We we want to really thank you so much for taking up some of your time and and uh, well, enlightening I, us. I'm very happy to talk to you. I don't know if the last time we spoke, I told you I'm from Detroit. Yes, Southfield. Yes, my father used to be a rabbi there. Yes. So I have great fondness for the city, and I'm really glad that you have interest in what I'm doing. It, of course, that's why we're here. 
So, wish you continued success in your uh, future endeavors. And uh, I tell all my doctor friends they should really they just should just go out of business out of lack of need. And I wish you the same. Thank Ms. you. I wish me the same as well. Okay. And take- thanks for your good work in making this. Uh, public to even more people. Thank you so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. The Art Studio of Oak Park is now accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park has something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today, 248-542-5087. That's 248-542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. I'm really glad that Miss Rosenthal was able to get involved because I've been uh, following this. Oh, Rabbi Schnurzelman Kesselman has been living in Malmo, I think maybe eight years, I want to say maybe seven. And when he comes back to Detroit for like holidays or whatnot or whenever he's back in town visiting his mum, um, I say so. My my question to him is like so. So how's the anti-Semitism in Malmo? And he says Baruch Hashem, it's doing well. It's alive and healthy, you know. So uh, yeah, it's it's his kids were getting taunted, and he has to escort his kids to school. This is like serious business over here. This is not you know. But my personal opinion, I've often maintained that Europe should be Jew-free. Every Jew who ever lived in Europe should never live there. Like, we have over a thousand years of anti-Semitic history on that continent, and they should just go find someplace better to live. So there are. There really are. I mean, you know. So, But with no further ado, let's transfer our energies now to some music for you. We're doing, still doing a cappella stuff, and that's because of the situation which happened some 1,800 years ago in Israel when 24,000 of Rabbi Akiva's students died in a 33-day period. And we commemorate that during this time period collectively through Jews throughout the world. And one of the things we don't do is listen to Music now, uh, singing is okay. And that's why we do this this acapella stuff. 
And it doesn't matter what you do with your mouth, just so long as you're doing it with your mouth. That's why we get these, the, the guy going, boom, 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 boom. I should be in one of those bands, shouldn't I? There you go. Um, doing the bass part over here. We have a vocal version. This is called Doodoo Bay. It's a Jewish standard at this point. Let's just listen in. I don't Oh, 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 oh. 
Chiropractic Healthcare offers patients the advantage of a safe and natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. People of all ages, including children, benefit from chiropractic's unique approach to health. Call area code 248-557-1818 today to find out how chiropractic can benefit your family. At the Solomon Chiropractic Center, we especially love children. All kids should have their spines checked periodically throughout their crucial growing years. Growth on a crooked foundation will create a crooked spine and become harder to correct later in life. Kids love to get adjusted at the Solomon Chiropractic Center. And hey moms, did you know that chiropractic offers a safe, drug-free approach to helping with the many pains women often get during and after pregnancy? We even have special tables which open up so pregnant women can lay on their stomachs. We treat moms, dads, children, and grandparents with arthritic pains, neck pains, back pain, and headaches. People of all ages, including kids, benefit from chiropractic. Come experience the natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. Stop living in pain. Call area code 248-557-1818 today for a free consultation at the Solomon Chiropractic Center to discuss you and your family's health needs. Remember, 557-1818. That's 557-HI-HI. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's a symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Hey, Shilfenman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We got time for more music, but... This is the time of the show where we say, we, we read out all the PSAs, the public service announcements that people send us. This week, no one sent me anything. So we're going to do a public service announcements for our public service announcements. Has your organization having an event you'd like to have some free publicity for? Well, just send it to rabbifinman.com, www.rabbifinman.com. Give us, of course, the details, and we will announce it right here on this show. Free, <laughs> free of charge. No dinners, yes. Um, I do eat dinner, but no, I mean, I'm not into that. It has to be like an event, as the case may be. And uh, just send it off to RabbiFinman.com, and uh, we will do it right here for you. Public service announcements are free. We got coming up for you. This is AKA Pella, which is a uh, a pun. AKA means also known as, and then Pella in Hebrew means wonder. It's like a wonder. This music. So it's sending me put it all together. You got acapella. So this is an acapella band that does all kinds of weird things with their mouths. And the piece we're going to listen to is called Evdu, which means serve God with joy. Na 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 na
Lavasco with Lavasco Concrete Services. We specialize in driveways and patios. You can call me at 586-822-9985. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. we got time for one more song. Again, this is a cappella, and this is a piece called Narhaisi, which is our relationship. talks about our relationship with the Almighty. I was a youth who was needing taken care of, and that's the way we are. We are, after all, God's children. Let's listen in. Oh, 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 oh,
Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program. When you go to Spex, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Spex Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Spex Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. Or visit them on the web at spexhoward.edu. Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. You know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Frutasia. Located on Southfield Road, just south of the 13 Mile, Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Hey, Schulfenman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week, we are reading the double portion, yay, of Bahar Buhukosai. It starts in chapter 25 of the book of Leviticus and goes all the way to the end of the book of Leviticus. We are saying goodbye and farewell, adieu, so long, to the book of Leviticus for another year. Ezra, the scribe, instituted the order of the reading of the portions, not the, that how they're supposed to be read, which ones are supposed to be doubled. With the intent, one of the things that he did was is that the portion of Bichukosai, which is the second part of this week's portion, should be read two weeks prior to the holiday of Shavuos. That would leave us to indicate then that the holiday of Shavuos is in two weeks. Yes, indeed, it's actually Memorial Day Sunday and Monday. 
this year, which works out quite well for a lot of people and for a lot of people not so well. Depends on what you want to do with your Memorial Day. So anyway, there has to be, therefore, an intrinsic connection between the portion of Bichu Kosai and the holiday of Shavuos. And we're told it's not just any part of the portion of Bichu Kosai, but contained in the very middle of the portion of Bichu Kosai are found the 49 curses, the Tochacha, as it's called. And we're told that we need to have the reading of these verses of reproof as a sort of like cleansing in order to get us prepared for the holiday of Shavuos, which in English is known as the Feast of the Pentecost and celebrates the giving of the Torah or the Sinaitic Revelation on Mount Sinai, which where else would you have a Sinaitic Revelation then? Yes. These verses of reproof basically boil down to, if you could sum them all up, take care of God and God will take care of you. If you don't take care of God, God's really going to take care of you. Now, in Judaism, we're not into that divine retribution stuff. We're not into the old fire and brimstone. Nope, doesn't do anything for us. We believe that the Almighty is totally and completely good and can only do good. And everything that happens to us is not only gamzu latova, this too is for the best, but even more than that, this is all part of the integral cog, the integral plan. It's all in the plumbing that went into making the creation, which is now in its 5,772nd year. But if we believe that God is totally good, what about 49 verses of really horrible sounding things? Well, the really horrible sounding is in the ear of the beholder. Because there are ways to read it such that really horrible doesn't sound horrible at all and really is actually a conveyance of great blessing. <clears throat> Everybody should have a favorite curse. I have a favorite curse from the Tachacha. What's my favorite curse? Ten women will cook in one kitchen. This is now, I've never actually seen such a thing, but there was one year that my mother and mother-in-law of blessed memories were spending one of the holidays with us. And in preparation, so my mother-in-law, my mother and my wife were all in the kitchen and I walked into the kitchen and there they were yelling about how to chop an onion. This is like, you don't chop an onion like that. You chop an onion like this. And I kind of walked in and I said, there are three angry ladies standing here with knives in their hands. I'm out. So that was just three. And they were yelling about chopping onions. So 10 is going to be exponentially much, much more grave. But there's another way you can read that verse. You could read it, 10 women will cook in one kitchen. If you read it like that, what does that mean? It means that people will be able to get along so well that 10 people sharing a kitchen, no problem. 
Everybody will just be getting along just hunky-dory. There is a Kabbalistic interpretation of the verse also. The kitchen refers to, since it is, and this, I'm not being sexist, but the woman is in charge of the home in Judaism, and the kitchen is her domain. We can the kosher the the kosher status of the kitchen is totally complete completely the responsibility of the lady of the house as my mother my wife says whenever something is like in the wrong place i can hear the words reverberating through my my head and my kids all do this too they say i run a kosher kitchen around here and in which case she will uh Take care of this infraction, which she has found. It usually involves or entails putting like a dish on the wrong counter or something like that. <clears throat> anyway, the kitchen refers to the divine presence. Ten is the perfect number as the entire creation is based on the ten attributes of the Almighty. And what this verse is saying, that in the Messianic era, all of the divine attributes of God, which are concealed now, will all be revealed and apparent that we'll be able to point at them with our finger. This, then, is a tremendous blessing. Zlobavitcher Rebbe used to say that if Hashem could make it such that we, he says something, and to us, we kind of have to figure it out that it's really good. So Hashem could make it that it looks really good, too, without us having to go through the uh, the gymnastics. And that's all we wish everybody is just totally good. We're going to take a totally good commercial break. And we'll be right back. We got this awesome, weird, flipped out story. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. This is Jim Hiller. At Hiller's, we support all things Michigan, which is why we support The Jewish Hour. Hi, this is Spex Howard from the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for the Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to The Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated. Hey, Shulfenman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want to get in touch with me? The absolute best way to do that is go to my website, www.rabbifinman.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-F-I-N-M-A-N.com. What will you find at rabbifinman.com? Well, you'll be able to contact me, send me a letter. I'll respond in kind. Hopefully, you'll send me a kind letter. But we, we especially appreciate constructive criticism. Something here on the Jewish Hour that doesn't meet your fancy, let me know and it will be corrected forthwith, however fast that is. What else is on the on RabbiFinman.com? You got archived editions of the Jewish Hour. Did you miss some of Hannah Rosenthal's wonderful interview? Well, it's archived, and sometime this afternoon it'll get posted up there. But if you haven't heard like the Jewish Hour, like last week, the week before, or the week before that, or the week before that, they're archived editions. We'll also find the Hasidic U story, the Hasidic. You'll find the U Parsha, which are 
videos of yours truly posted to YouTube. You'll also find the, the eParsha, which are insights, which I send out every week to over 14,000 people posted to the Rabbi Finman eParsha page. And of course, the all-encompassing and very important donations page. The Jewish Hour does have commercial sponsors, but is totally and completely dependent upon listeners just like you for your support. It is uh, the vast majority of the budget at this point, thank God, comes from our listeners. You've been able to come through. We've been on the air for 17 years. We've needed your support. Uh, thank you for doing it till now. Keep those uh, those cards and letters coming, folks. Or in this case, keep on clicking on the donation page. Uh, no donation too small or too large to not be graciously accepted. Don't like dealing with internet and credit cards, even though it is absolutely 100% safe as PayPal. That you should make that as one of those like monikers. Safe as pay- how is it? Well, safe as PayPal. You know, uh, send your checker money order to the Jewish Hour, fourteen thousand West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan four eight two three seven, and all donations are graciously acknowledged in writing. We got a story over here. It involves Yisrael, the Maggot of Kozhnitz. Kozhnitz is one of those cities that's many miles east of Gross Point Farms. There was a family that could not have children. They'd been married quite a while, and they were having problems. And they went to the rabbi for a blessing to have children, which is a very common thing for people to do, is to go to a very prominent, righteous person known as a tzaddik to receive their blessings that the Almighty will, to intercede with the Almighty that they should have kids. And he told them, don't worry, you will have a child. And a short while later, they indeed had a baby boy. And that's the story. No. <laughs> that would be too quick. That's like, duh. Uh, when the kid was about uh, 18 months old, he contracted some really serious debilitating illness, which high fevers and chills and shakes and uh, delirium. How much delirious an 18-month-old is? You ask me, they're all delirious. But um, the, 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 the man ran to the rabbi and said, I, I think he'll be okay. But the kid just kept on getting worse. The woman did not leave the bedside of her child, constantly engaged in saying the words of the Psalms, praying on his behalf of their beloved only child. It happened that the woman dozed off, and when she woke up, she saw a soldier in uniform feeding the child some kind of soup. And she let out a scream, and the soldier ran away. But the kid got better. So they were very concerned that maybe this was some sort of like demon or evil spirit that had infected their child. So they ran right away back to the Maggot of Kojnitz, and they, he assured them, don't worry, your child is fine. And they went, ha, ah, sigh of relief. The rabbi called his mishorist, his gabbai, his helper, his assistant, and said, take my walking stick and go to the grave of this and this soldier 
and bang on the tombstone and say, the Maggot of Mezrich requests your presence immediately. The uh, Not asking questions, the helper, the assistant went, banged on the... Uh, the uh, the gravestone and then walked back and uh, by the time he got back the uh, the maga said thank you very much she was here and he left already said what was what happened so the soldier came to him the spirit the soul of the of the soldier came to the magad and he said yes rabbi how can I help you he said who made you a doctor so he says well I'll tell you it's like this. When I was eight years old, I was conscripted into the Russian army, and I was there for 30 years, which was the czar's plan to de-Jewify the Jews. They were called the Cantonists. And after a very short time, I knew I was Jewish because that's what it said on my, uh, my papers, but Judaism didn't mean anything to me. We were walking with a gang of my buddies, and we called, chanced upon this old Jew, and one of them said, hey, let's roll the guy. And so what did they do? They searched his pocket. They took 75 rubles out of his pocket, which is a decent size, uh, what do you call it? But just to shut the guy up, so they beat the daylights out of him and hung him from a tree. They didn't, like, lynch him. They just hung him from the tree to, like, leave him there to die. So he said, "That's my Judaism suddenly woke up, and I snuck away from my buddies and with my pocket knife, if I cut him down and uh, gave him $75, 75 rubles out of my own pocket and helped him to get back on his way. After I passed away, I came up to heaven and the heavenly tribunal said, you didn't do any, anything your whole lifetime. We can't let you into, into heaven. But we... We can't send you down to the other place either because you saved that guy's life. And he who saves one life is as though he saved an entire world. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to point you that you're going to be a special children's doctor. And whenever there's a child that can't be saved, you're going to be sent to heal that child. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So the Maggot of Mizrich took his walking stick, which had been delivered or whatever, and banged on the floor and said, you have now earned your ticket to heaven. Go in peace. And they all lived happily ever after. And that's the show. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. And we hope to see you again back next week. Take care. Be ye ra te, 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 be